Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Johnson from Bethel Lady Church. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We are so glad we could connect with you through this podcast. Please ensure you subscribe to receive new messages every week. We pray this podcast builds your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and motivates you to live a life of excellence for the glory of our Lord. Thank you for your support. Enjoy the message. Today I want to look at how God's word can be made fulfilled in our lives. How God's word can be made to work in our life. In other words, knowing God's word need not mean God's word happening in our lives. That's also because uh, there are there are a lot of times that we hear prophecies and we hear other books saying that they are God's word and sometimes it confuses us. Now that's why we did the two weeks ago test about is everything God's word? No, it's not. It must stand the test of time. It must stand the test of universal principles. It must stand the test of evidence and we found God's word stands the test of all those things. So today I want to look at more of the spiritual aspect. Let's start with how can we make God's word work in our life? Because many times we know God's word, but it's not working in our life. Am I the only one who's experienced this? Are there others who have experienced this? You know what the Bible says, you believe, sort of believe in it, but it's not happening. Now, that happens because belief has got two expressions. One is the word belief, which is a noun, and the other is the word belief, which is a verb. It has two applications, grammatically. So, the noun is an, an awareness. You know, awareness that God can, that awareness that God is able. But the verb is the persuasion that God is going to do something because he's able. He's a faithful God and nothing is impossible with him. That persuasion, that deep conviction and that is so important. So that really is the kind of belief that is required for the word of God to work in our lives. Many times God's word doesn't work like that in our life because we are not... uh, you know, paying that kind of persuasive faith. That's the reason. Uh, let me show you a scripture. If you, if you remember, Mother Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus, the angel of God came and told her, you are going to have a baby. And what was her reply? I'm not married. How can I have a baby? And God's angel told her, don't worry, Mary. Without the benefit of a marriage, without knowing a man, without the benefit of biology, The word of God will become flesh in your womb. The Holy Spirit is going to come on you. And she said, really? And immediately the angel of God said, whatever is impossible with man is possible with God. Right? Now, you're clapping, that's nice. But I have a question to you. Let's just just read that scripture. Luke 137. For with God... Nothing shall be impossible. So this is what the angel of God told Mary. But the question is this. When the angel of God was told by Mary, how can I have a child because I'm not married, I have not known a man, I do not have a sexual relationship with anybody, what should the angel of God have told? Don't worry Mary, without a sexual relationship, through a miracle, it's going to happen. Now that's a specific word. But what did God say? Whatever is impossible with man 
It is possible with God. Sometimes God speaks generally, but you have to take it personally. Are you following what I'm saying? It's a promise that God gives you and it depends on how you're willing to appropriate it for your personal life. Mm -hmm. And then she lived in that faith continually. She was persuaded in that faith. So it's been about a few months now and she goes to her cousin Elizabeth's house, which was a little far away. So she had to walk a few hours journey. She goes to her cousin and her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. Okay. On seeing Mary, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and gets excited. And Elizabeth doesn't know Mary is uh, hurt from God and she must be pregnant. She doesn't know all that. Elizabeth starts prophesying. You are experiencing Mary. You are experiencing God's promise getting fulfilled in your life because you believed. Let's read that. Luke 145. And this is Elizabeth saying, Blessed is Mary that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. What is the principle? If you believe God's word, then God's word will have effect in your life. Hearing God's word is only information. Believing God's word brings transformation. Hearing God's word only brings understanding. But believing God's word brings supernatural. Hearing God's word gives you only knowledge. But believing and being persuaded and moving on that brings results which only God can bring. That is so important in our life. <laughs> Awareness is different from faith. My God can is different from my God will. Hallelujah. That conviction in the heart. Am I helping anybody here? Our God is able to change every situation. So when God gives you a promise, hold on to that promise strongly. Then the word of God will happen. Second, obedience. We must obey God's word. Now these are some formulas I have made for myself. Now this, these are not formulas like mathematical equations, but they are, they are God's word that I have experienced in my life. And so I have some of these deductions. It's like this. When God's word is mixed with our faith and the Holy Spirit moves on it, salvation, miracles, and even creative miracles and continuity of creative miracles all begin to happen. God's word will never contradict itself. In other words, if God's word says something, nobody can prophesy or say, Holy Spirit told me something else. One portion of the Bible, if it says something, when you read another portion of the Bible and you think it's contradictory, it's not contradictory. It's just that you have to understand the context and the concept that the Bible is talking about. God will never contradict his word. And God's promises are very personal and are also conditional. When God says something, it is attached to a lot of other... For simple example, Hebrews chapter 13, the Bible says in verse number 5. Now, you may not remember the reference, but you remember the scripture. I will never leave you. You all remember that? No. But do you know what is written above that last line? That what you said is the last line of verse 5. What is above that? Don't let your conversation be with covetousness. 
Keep your lifestyle in certain disciplines. Talk like a child of God. For you have this promise. I will never leave you. Huh. So what we do, we catch that last line. <laughs> and the top qualifier, we ignore it. We do all the gossip, we do all the fun, we do all the frolic, we do all which also borders on sin. And then we say, Lord, last line is not working. God says, last line comes after first line. Start from the first line. <laughs> Difficulty clapping, no? For you only, I'm explaining again and again. <laughs> God's word. functions in its total quantum. You cannot break one part and say only this part I want it to function. No. We must learn to obey God's word in its totality because principles of God are multifaceted. They are also the plans of God. Genesis 26 verse 5. Let's read that. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments and my statutes and my laws. See what the God is saying? He not only obeyed one word I commanded. He obeyed all the surrounding things around that commandment. He obeyed with all his heart. Therefore my word will have full effect. It's so important to obey God, not only to the littleness, but to the absolute. Because that's where we begin to see God's word have full function in our life. What blocks God's word from happening in our life? What is it that stops the Bible from having its full blessings flow in our life? One, of course, is unbelief, the opposite of belief. Unbelief. Unbelief in Christ Jesus. You know, Unbelief, feeling that Jesus is also a God like another prophet, another uh, God, another, you know. That kind of thinking stops the full work of the Holy Spirit in your life and God's word does not function fully. Many Christians have this feeling. Jesus is our God like other religion has their God. <laughs> That's not true. Jesus is not just your God in your religion. He is God of all humanity. That's, he is God Almighty. He is... The one name above every other name. Now, confusion here causes God's word not to function. Example, I want to ask you a question. If Jesus appears on the stage right now, oof, what a thought that is. If Jesus, our Lord, appears on the stage right now, I'm sure nobody is going to sit like this. I'm going to drop the mic and fall at his feet. Everybody is going to be on their knees or running up to him or whatever. I'm, I, I hope so. <laughs> because if Jesus comes, we all know, man, everything can change. Jesus enters a place, dead people come back to life. Blind eyes open. You just know if Jesus comes, life changes. But do you know, Jesus physically went and nothing happened in one place. Why? Because he went to his hometown. In his hometown, all the fellows who played cricket with him, who went to college with him, you know, in first service I said bunked classes and then I realized, no, that, that is not appropriate. Mm. People who, you know, had a kebab with Jesus on the roadside, that, hey, Jesus has come. What you will do, da? You are also a carpenter only, your father was a carpenter. We heard so many things, but we know all simply. So familiarity breeds contempt. Some people, so what happened? Jesus went there and nothing could happen. Let's read that scripture. 
uh, Matthew chapter 13 verse 58, Jesus did not do many works of power there because of their unbelief. Their lack of faith in the divine mission of Jesus. They, they didn't believe him because he grew up there. What can come out of him? That was their attitude. Familiarity breeds contempt. Many Christian people, God's word does not work in them effectively. You know why? Because their feeling is like, my great-grandfather was the bishop that time. We know everything. Mm. Such people, God's word will never work in your life. You know why? Because there's no expectation. Familiarity. We know what will happen. God says, you know, no. I'm not teaching anything more. Bye-bye. Jesus once told, I have come looking for the sick because healthy don't need me. Any food is tasty for the hungry. If you are very hungry, whether there is salt less or sugar less or whatever, it's tasty. But if you are full, even good food is sometimes a little bit not so great. Let our attitude be God. I believe you and I have great expectation of you and God's word will function in your life effectively. Don't be disrespectful to God's word. Am I helping anybody? Now, there was the situation in Israel. Man, I don't know how to say the story because this is powerful. It's from, okay, let's first read that verse. It's Hebrews chapter 3 verse 19 and chapter 4 verse 1. Let's read that together. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. What is the story? And I'll explain what that scripture means. It's actually saying that Israel, they came till the promised land, but they could not enter the promised land because of their unbelief. Now the background. Egypt, Egyptians were good people who were good to Israel initially. After 400 years, their attitude changed. And they made Israelites their slaves and asked them to build uh, pyramids and stuff like that. So the Jewish people were struggling under the Egyptians and they cried out to God and God called Moses and said, Moses, 40 years ago you left Egypt and you're now living in Midian. It's time you go back to Pharaoh and I'll prove that I'm God. And you tell them, let my people go to worship me. God, what do I do, God? God said, you want a sign? Take that rod in your hand, drop it down and became a snake. Pick it up again by the tail and it became a rod. It became a stick again. God said, go. That sign is enough for you. Go. Oof. Moses is excited on the way he meets Aaron. He says, Anna, after 40 years they are meeting. Lot of hugging and kissing and lot of love and you know, the Middle Eastern style of hugging and then they came to, Moses told everything to Aaron, Anna, this is how it is. She Stand far, she dropped the st stick, it became a serpent. Aaron shouted, Moses, don't touch Anna, you see, touch the tail, it became a stick again. Aaron tried, nothing worked, but when he does, eh, Moses does, it works. What a miracle, they went to palace and Pharaoh is sitting there and Moses says, appeared to me and said, let my people leave Egypt and go to the promised land. Pharaoh said, which God told? My gods are all arranged in alphabetical order. <laughs> Show me the photo of your God. 
ID card, something you show. <laughs> Moses said, my God, I can't take his photo. <laughs> no camera can capture his glory. Oh. Don't get me excited, huh? So Moses, Aaron said, hey, Tambi, display. <laughs> Moses threw the stick and the stick became a snake. Aaron and Moses are clapping. Pharaoh says, what joke this is, huh? That's when Aaron remembered, oh, here all have become stone, you know, stick throwers. Now they have got a stick into serpent university. Pharaoh said, call all those fellows, man. All came with sticks, tractor loads of sticks. That's my illustration. That's my exaggeration. It's not there in the Bible like that. <laughs> tractor load is my version. <laughs> all fellows came with sticks, all magicians. They all threw their sticks down. Everything became a serpent. Aaron told Moses, I told you, fellow. See, our Egypt is gone. 40 years ago when you left Egypt, it was different. Today it's developed. It is not like what you think. <laughs> Every street kid knows how to do this. Fellow, pick it up. Let's go from here. Moses wants to bend, but God told, don't touch that. Don't pull back the promise of God. Don't pull back your prayer life. Don't pull back your vision. Don't pull back the holiness that you've committed to God. Let it stay there. Sometimes when you walk by the word of God, your enemies will increase. The battles will increase. The problems will increase. And you feel God's word is not working. What happened? God says, hold on for a minute. Watch what is happening. Your snake will swallow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. Weeping only lasts for a night. Sometimes you have to hold on in the midst of the battle, but your God will bring you the victory. Don't take back your prayer. Don't take back your vision. Don't take back your fasting. Don't take back your commitment. Hold on in the battleground. They can only see you, but there is a God who is standing by your side and he will bring you the victory. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit said the Lord somebody give him the mighty hand clap that he deserves and a shout of praise don't give up your conviction don't give up your faith don't give up your worship don't give up the fire in your spirit my brother in that battleground you will walk back with victory it might take a day it might take a month it might take a decade but the God of the Bible he's standing with you no weapon formed against you will ever prosper hallelujah hallelujah Stand strong. There is a God who stands with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Moses. <laughs> we all think that suddenly Israel came out. Six months it took. Then the curse of frogs came on Egypt. Pharaoh said, now after the frogs are removed, I will send you. Moses went and prayed, God, remove the frogs. Frogs when Pharaoh says, I need some more time. God sent hailstones. God sent fire. God sent uh, darkness. Mm. Power cut all over Egypt for three days. Only in where Israel is staying, power is there. As in electric, electricity was not there, sunlight is there. People could see the difference between Egypt and Israel. 
<laughs> After six months, finally, when the firstborns of Egypt died, in every house, eldest child of human beings and animals died. Then they said, now you fellows go. Moses said, six months ago only I told you. Only after economic disaster you will understand. <laughs> that was not intentional, it just came out. <laughs> they came to the Red Sea. When they came to the Red Sea, God opened the Red Sea, made an international highway connecting Egypt with Israel. <laughs> And they walked through in one night, one million plus people walked through. That, that opening must have been about 10 kilometers wide. If people walked at about four kilometers speed per hour for one million people to walk through, the width must have been so much. Somebody did the maths. If it's wrong, you come with the right one. <laughs> in one night they crossed. Pharaoh's army saw that. They said, even we will cross and catch them again. They are our slaves. When they came into the middle of the Red Sea, the water came back. All died. That's the first time Moses also sang. Moses got so excited. Miriam took the tambourine. She was 90 plus years old. She started dancing. And she started worshipping. <laughs> when true worship comes, dance will come automatically. Nobody needs to choreograph. Came from the heart. They all started dancing, worshipping. Even... Stammering Moses sang. The Bible says, and the song of Moses was, Who is like unto thee, O God among gods? You are worthy of worship. They sang and they worshipped. They opened the door. Next day morning, manna from heaven. <laughs> manna, the first cold storage packing was done by God. <laughs> Ice would fall on the ground. And on that, like dosa. It's like South Indian dosa. Uh, mixed with honey would fall on the ice then again ice would fall packed and you open the door honey taste dosa packed in ice was kept at your doorstep hmm. how do you know pastor it's all written in the bible where <laughs> read carefully you will find it it's there everything I'm saying is written there the problem is we read like how you want to sleep uh, you want to go to the next program. Nothing you will understand. Study the Bible. Every detail is given. Hmm. They saw all these miracles. In the evening, quails would come for flesh. And when they wanted water from the rock, water gushed out. Same group of people. When they came to the promised land, they said, Oh, these Canaanites, we felt like grasshoppers in front of them. I don't think we can go in there. God said, you fellows, what all miracles I did in front of you? Is this a problem? Just, you know, a few more steps, you are in the promised land. They're like, no, no, we'll settle here itself. God said, to marja. <laughs> I'm sorry for saying that, but that's what happened. That generation died in the wilderness. God said, you fellow will not enter. The, I promised you, but at the doorstep, you will die. I did so many miracles for you. Can't I take you inside? No, this is too big for you, God. Familiarity breeds contempt. Too close to God. The expectation came down. God said, I hate you fellows. A new generation was born who heard about God's miracles. And they said, God, we believe you. God said, come into the promised land. Are you all learning something here? We don't allow your faith to grow cold and old. 
Unbelief can also be a rebellion of the heart. It can be hardness of the heart because of prejudice or tradition or misunderstandings because of perverted, mistaken understanding of the Bible or partial belief in the Bible, not full belief. And, and when those things happen, when traditional corruption happens to the understanding of the Bible and instead of taking the Bible for what it says, you mix it with a little bit of that and a little bit of this, God's word becomes of no effect. I'm not saying this. The Bible says, let's read that together. Mark chapter 7 verse 13. You're making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have delivered to yourselves. And such things that you do makes God's promise in your life, God's holy word in your life of no effect. Don't do like that. You teach your children to pay attention in the classroom. But in the church when they play, you don't pay any, you know, it's all right. They're children, no? it's okay. What happens is eventually in your own family life, when your children become rebellious and you say, God, I pray for them. God says, you should have taught them. Through your lifestyle, through wrong traditions, through Partial understanding or partial obedience to the Bible, you make God's rich word of no effect in your life. Another way of making God's word ineffective in our life is sinfulness. Once Israelites came to God and said, God, why are you not answering our prayer? You promised us so many things and it's not happening. So many good things you promised. Why it's not happening? And God said, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, come now. God is saying, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will wash you clean like snow. Though they be red like crimson, I'll cleanse you white like wool. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You know what God is saying? If you're willing to confess your sin and come back to God in a heart of repentance, God says, I'll make sure my promises to you is fulfilled in your life. This is so important. Living with, uh, now, can we become perfect? No, of course no. But a willingness to change should be there in our heart. Don't justify your sin. Confess your sin to God. In your personal prayer, say, God, I don't want to be like that. Help me. And when you have that attitude, God says, done. I will make sure my word is fulfilled in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can make God's word of no effect in our life. In fact, Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, if you have an occasion to worship God and you bring an offering and you come to the altar to worship and there you remember that, you know, you and your brother, you and your fellow believer, you have some offense with each other. God says, leave your gift at the altar. Go and be reconciled with your brother or your sister and then come back and offer your gift. God says, you want my word to be of effect? You want the worship to mean anything? Then go reconcile with people. Don't keep unforgiveness in your heart and, you know, judgment in your mind. Unconfessed sin can come your way. Don't mix God's word with things that are not the truth of God's word. Traditions that distort God's truth. Because then God says, I can't work because my glory I will not share with others. 
If you're going to mix my word with other things, I cannot work because my glory I will not share with others. Let's read that. Isaiah, the Bible says, I am, let's read that together. Come on. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory I will not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. What is God saying? If you hold on to my word and the purity of my word, I will ensure my word will bring you the victory. My word will bring you the success. Wow. On a Sunday, we have God's word. Monday to Saturday, some other word. It will not work. Spread God's word all over your lifestyle and you will see God's word functioning. Let's close our eyes and say, God, I want to go by your word. I really want to live by your word. I want to be a person who obeys your holy word. I thank you for healings. I thank you for anointing. I thank you for the power of your victory that comes through faith in your word. I want to have that persuasive faith, not shaken faith, not just awareness, but that inspiration in my heart with which I change my lifestyle. I want to honor you, God. I want to love you, God. I want to bless your name, O God. Come on, everybody, wherever you are, pray for some time and say, God, let there be nothing in my life that is in rebellion to you. Let there be nothing in my life that is in hardness. When I hear your word, I just want to obey it. Whether it is about giving you, whether it is about baptism, whether it's about holy living, I don't want to compromise with my traditions. No, I want to, I don't want to compromise with your word by bringing, you know, old practices and my own kind of thinking. No, I will just obey you for what it says. And I believe you, Father. Give me that kind of a life, Lord. Hallelujah. Give me a life that honors you in my life, that honors your word in my life. I want to love you, Jesus. I want to be a blessing in the society. You are the God of Moses. You are the God of Abraham. You are the God of people who held on to you and all who stood on your word. You've never put anybody to shame. I know you're able to uphold me. I know you're able to take care of me. So today I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, open your mouth and pray to him. I believe this morning there is healings happening here, miracles happening here. His cleansing blood is here. The moment you confess, he is faithful to forgive. He's faithful to cleanse you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Heavenly Father, this morning we thank you for your word. We love you for your word. You are a good God. Thank you for your people. May your blessings go with them. May your anointing go with them. May the power of your Holy Spirit rest on them. Use each one for your glory. May our lives be in complete subjection to your will. Help us, Lord, in our families, in our loneliness, as married or unmarried, to practice your word in our lives in completeness so that our lives will be in accordance to your blessed plan. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. Thank you that no evil spirit can interfere when your Holy Spirit is in charge of our life. No curse can take over when you are in control of our life. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and the people said, Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I believe that you are blessed. Please connect with us for prayer or counseling. Please do call us or visit our website or visit us. The details are given in the description. 
will be glad to serve you. Do subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to encourage you in your journey in Christ. Please do share it with your friends too by clicking the share button. We are praying for you. God has great plans for your life. Thanks again for participating, listening. God bless you.